here on the Rob Report on WDAY 701-293-9000. That's your local number, 888-970-9329. That's your toll-free number. You can email me, too, during the show, talk at WDAY.com. Heck, you can tweet me, too, at Rob Port. Good afternoon, Natil. Good afternoon, Rob. How you doing? Good. You uh, enjoy it's it's like spring weather. Spring oh, in the middle of February. My goodness, I am so pleased by it. It's just going to keep getting better next like this weekend into the early part of next week. This weekend is supposed to be in the 50s. The you got big plans. 50s. Yeah. You got big plans for uh, Valentine's Day? No. I'm oh. in the middle of a divorce, Rob. Oh. <laughs> well, so no, my my plans for Valentine's well, Day are to go, no, it's it's fine. My plans for Valentine's Day are to go home, watch TV, and then tomorrow go buy all the half price candy I can afford. There you go. I I I feel like we have too many holidays. Uh, you know that's where I mean. Listen, I don't I don't need Valentine's Day to tell my wife. But we I guess we you know we do this stuff or whatever. But I don't know. It just it just seems like there's there's holidays, and then as as a parent, it seems like. We're constantly raising the bar on all the crap that we got to do for the different holidays. You know, I mean, now for Christmas, it's not just like Christmas and doing the, um, you know, doing the uh, the presents and all that stuff. Now we got an elf that we're doing for like a month that we're moving around the house. Uh, you know, we, we're doing all sorts of stuff. Elf on the shelf is so creepy. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, for St. Patrick's Day, there's like leprechaun traps now, I guess, that everybody's doing. That's the hip new thing. OK, so when when I was growing up, my mom did this really cool thing one year for Easter where she spread a bunch of sugar out on the table. And we were we were told that when the Easter bunny came, we'd be able to see his footprints in the sugar. And so she made little bunny prints with her with her fingers. And we came down. And I ruined everything because I was like, those are fingerprints. And so then yeah. mom never did anything cool for us again. <laughs> It just, I don't know. It gets to a point. I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that if you try to make everything special, then nothing special. I feel like the thing that makes us appreciate the special days are the routine days, the average days. And, and maybe it's just because I'm a curmudgeon and I like my routine and I don't really like things that take me out of my routine. And probably because I'm a little bit of a workaholic. That's, that's just the way I like things. And it just seems like there's, it, it gets to a point where it's just too much, but. I'm probably very much of the minority on that. Uh, let's see. We got a caller right off the bat. Tom wants to join in. What's up, Tom? Hey, uh, well, my, my, I'm not going to be talking about bunny rabbits or anything like that. But All right. Uh, can you hear me? I can. Okay. Um, so I'm looking at today, and I'm looking at what Congress says. No, we're not going to be looking into what Mr. Flynn and his association with the Russians were and what he knew and what the president knew or the vice president knew or any of his staff knew or didn't know. And they're all declined to say, nah, that's not worth looking at. What do you think about that? I mean, it's all Republicans, Democrats saying, we're very, very interested in looking at this. And you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't, um, Honestly, you know, outside of seeing the fact that Flynn resigned in that, I haven't been following that story that closely, I guess. So I don't I don't know. What do you think of it? Well, it looks to me like there was some kind of a connection with him and the Russians, possibly. It sounds like and, he lied to the president. Uh, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds and, like Mr. Flynn, I mean, from, from the sound of it, 
and it, I, I guess I was reading a New York Times report last night that said Vice President Pence felt that Mr. Flynn was lied to, and it sounds like you know if if if, if he was lying to the Vice President in terms of how he was characterizing his communications with the Russians, then is it safe to say he lied to the president? And if it rises that far, why aren't we doing a review? I think that's a valid question to ask. Well, I think we should look into this other than just say, break it off and say, nah, it's all fine. We'll just take their words for it. Well, I I tell you what, we're going to have tomorrow is going to be our first instance where we are going to have congressman kevin kramer on this program every week for open phones it's going to be a town hall uh and if you want to call in and ask him or if you don't i'll ask him and we can we can ask congressman kramer about this maybe he can provide some illumination we'll see what we think of his explanation okay well that'd be great but uh, in meanwhile let's ask this question um why aren't they asking this question now why are they avoiding it I mean, I'm talking about the Republicans in Congress. We're talking about Paul Ryan for the main factor. I mean, he should be certainly interested in this. In that case, it's it's up to our national security reasons to think that we shouldn't be looking into this. Please. Now, if this was Hillary Clinton, certainly, or Barack Obama, it would have been, uh, well, let me see, let's say about $6 million later, uh, maybe nothing will come of it. Hmm. Well, I bet you. I have a. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Well, I have a feeling, Tom, that because that's that's normal. I mean, the the, the political parties protect their own. Uh, that's why we have an adversarial position. I I imagine the Democrats are going to pursue this. Certainly, I think it's, it's, well, they, it's safe to say that, that it's safe to say that the media is not in the tank for Trump. Um, so they, I don't know. I, we'll, so. we'll we'll see where it goes. I mean, at, at this point. It seems as though, at, at, at the very least, it seems clear that Mr. Flynn was dishonest with his bosses about the conversations he was having with Russia, and for that he should go. Uh, if that's what happened, he, he, it's, it's good that he went. Now, if anything else is true out there, I don't know. Uh, I know that we are operating in a world of, of absolute hysteria about everything that Trump does, so I'm going to keep my powder dry, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for the truth and, and look, look to see where this path leads. And we'll see what comes of it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Well, nothing is going to happen unless we look into it. Okay. Well, I agree with you. It should be looked into. Thanks for the call. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. I I don't want to say it's good news, uh, but I think it's some inklings of of maybe an outcome that could make everybody happy with the medical marijuana situation. You want to hear Do it? you? Yes, I would very much like to hear that. So we had we had the committee testimony. Uh, the legislature obviously put forward a bill because I, I think we can all admit that, that the ballot measure as it was passed by voters was unworkable. I, I think we can admit because if we if we left it alone, medical marijuana is still illegal. And it's it's unworkable as it is. So I think everybody agrees at this point there has to be some changes. And in fact, that's what I heard. The the committee that is is meeting over that legislation uh, is working on some amendments. They're doing committee work. And what I have heard reports from from that work is that there is a growing sense of, of consensus and agreement. The folks behind the medical marijuana measure are realizing the legislature does need to make some fix to make this thing a policy that could work. It could give people access to medical marijuana. And on the other side, uh, the legislators backing the bill are, are realizing that they probably went a little bit too far in, in cutting off some of the avenues to using medical marijuana. So it, it seems as though, and, and 
you know, talk is one thing. The proof is in the pudding. We'll see what they actually kick out in terms of amendments. But it's sounding like that bill, the legislature's bill, is going to get some amendments and it's going to come out. And it, it's sounding like they're finding some common ground. That's really that's really heartening. Like that yeah. that gives me some hope that this is going to come out in a way that, you know, may not be exactly what I want out yeah. of the medical marijuana situation. But if it's not like the disaster I was afraid it was going to be where I wasn't going to have access to a medication that will be very helpful to me, I can I can stomach that. I think I, I think both sides when, when the legislature decided to take it up, I think both sides got a little carried away. I think the legislature went too far in changing the bill. But then on the other side, the, the, you know, the, the medical marijuana measure folks, they needed to realize just how poor a job they did in writing that thing. I mean, if if the legislature did nothing, we would not have medical marijuana in the state. If, if, if we just let that ballot measure stand, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work because they didn't even decriminalize medical marijuana. So something had to be done. And it sounds like it sounds like now I don't. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because they may, I don't know, maybe they'll kick out something and it'll be even worse. But it sounds like from the reports that I'm getting from the legislature that there's going to be some agreement on the medical marijuana issue. And it, it, it sounds like we're going to get it out. And it's it's, you know, North Dakotans are going to get access to medical marijuana. And I think that's obviously what the people voted for. And, you know, as long as there's a reasonable process to get the medical marijuana products or supplies or what have you that, that people want. Uh, then I think that's a win for everybody. But we'll see. It's worth keeping an eye on. Let's take a break. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Rob Port, here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Kyle asks, since the medical marijuana bill was through the initiated measure process, could the legislature just throw it out and replace it with a bill that legalizes marijuana? I'm assuming that most citizens would affirm that they would be okay with full-on legalization, but would say, but the naysayers have a case if they go... But do the naysayers have a case if they go against the initiated measure's original intent? Um, okay, well, well, first of all, the legislature can do, if, if, if they want to change anything with an initiated measure that passes for, for statute, any changes made to the Constitution have to be approved by the voters. So anytime the legislature wants to amend the Constitution, whether it's to change a constitutional amendment that was passed by the people or to just do their own changes that has to go to a vote of the people uh for statutory changes done through the initiated measure process the legislature can't make any changes for seven years without a supermajority vote in both houses of the legislature so that's what they're trying to do now is get a supermajority on on the side of making some changes to the initiated measure uh, to le- that legalized uh medical marijuana now Typically, legislators are very, very circumspect about changing anything that was approved by the, the voters for obvious reasons. If a, if a majority of voters cast their ballot for something uh, and then the legislators muck around with it, that is that can be pretty dangerous political territory. The legislators felt, I think, felt 
they felt that they could do it in this instance because I'm sorry, the, the medical marijuana measure was was poorly worded. Now, could so could the legislature basically preempt the medical marijuana measure by just full on legalizing marijuana? The answer to that is yes, they could. Now, the question though is is that the will of the people? If if if, if Rob Port were king for a day. That's how I would solve this whole problem is I would just legalize recreational marijuana. And then if people want to get it for treatments, you know, so be it. Uh, um, now, the question, though, is, is that the will of the people? Um, the people voted for medical marijuana under very and it's, you know, measure five was 40 pages of legal language. Very, very tightly controlling how the marijuana is produced, how it's distributed, how it's sold how it's used, um, and even under what conditions it can be used. The legislature's bill is even more restrictive in in some regards. So did the people vote for full-on legalization? No, they didn't. They voted for extremely extremely narrow legalization. Um, The legislature can do whatever they want, you know, but ultimately they're accountable to the voters. Now, do I feel that North Dakota voters would be okay with full-on legalization of marijuana? I think it's more likely they'd be okay with it. I, I would, yes, me a year ago, I would have said no. Um, but they voted pretty strongly for medical marijuana. It makes me wonder how many would be okay going a step further to recreational marijuana. I don't know. It'd be an interesting question to ask. Um, I just don't know. I, I don't know the full answer. What do you think, Natil? Do you think do you think the full uh, if, if North Dakotans were asked, knowing what we know now about the willingness to vote for medical marijuana, do you think that they would support full on legalization? I think that the more liberal areas of North Dakota would be completely on board with that, but I don't think that the western part of the state necessarily would be on board. It's a lot easier to. Um, to, to go through the logic of legalizing medical marijuana because there have been studies done that say it helps this condition and that condition. There are people that have been with the condition before and after medical yeah. marijuana that can say this is making such an unbelievable difference in my life. It's getting me off drugs that are so much harder on my body, on my system, that are taking years away from my life. And so it's it's really easy for someone to look at all of that evidence and say, Goodness gracious, yes, we should in no way be limiting people people who have conditions that can be helped by this right. medication have access to it. But at the same time, we're not legalizing opioids, despite the fact that right. they're used medically to control pain right. or and what that, have that was, you. And that was the distinction I was going to draw. I think most North Dakotans are okay with OxyContin being available for medical reasons. I don't think they would necessarily be in favor of... of Approving it for recreational use, right? I, I think that would be a non-starter. Now, exactly. Pot's a little bit. Yeah, pot, pot is different. It's yeah, pot's pot's a little bit different. Uh, but it's um, you know, I I don't know. It it would be interesting. I I think, I think it would be a close vote. I think it would be closer maybe than a lot of people expect. Um, you know, I I think North Dakotans can surprise people on some of these issues, and and even in Western North Dakota, I mean, it's. I, I think generally Western North Dakota is probably more conservative than Eastern North Dakota, um, but there are some areas. I mean, Western North Dakota's kind of got a libertarian streak at times too. Um, so it would it would be interesting. Uh, I, I I think that would be an interesting debate to have. Caller Karen's got a comment. Go ahead, Karen. What's up? Okay, two points. The first point is 
you are king for day because it's Valentine's Day and you're happily married. And second point is, I like the way Minnesota does medical marijuana, but I wouldn't want North Dakota to have anything beyond that. Yeah. You know, the, the problem with the way medical, you know, and, and this was a concern I had about Measure 5 as well. Um, there have been reports out of Minnesota that getting medical marijuana was so difficult that people were finding it easier to just keep buying it on the black market. Uh, and I don't think that that, I mean, the whole point of legalizing access to medical marijuana is to undermine that black market, right? Because black markets tend to be tied into people. You know, most of us see pot dealers probably as being pretty benign in terms of the, you know, pantheon of, of underworld criminals. Pot dealers are pretty benign, but but pot distribution networks are often tied into some pretty ugly other stuff. And and I, I think it it generates revenues for the sort of people that we don't necessarily want being rich, powerful people. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, I have no desire to be supporting any sort of criminal activity to get relief right. from my, my condition. But at the same time, I'd really like that medication right. to be available to me in a way that's not going to, you know, cost me my right arm right so you know i mean really what we need is we need walmart to get into medical pot right that's what we need oh my god Drive then the we, 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 could, we could have like reliable. five dollar generic thc pills <laughs> hey, why not why not you think that would you don't think that'd be a good thing i think it would be i'd be on board yeah <laughs> i mean let open up the doors to capitalism you have a safer product more reliable supply lower prices right I do love when a prescription finally gets done with its whatever. It's not. A, it's not a trademark. It's not quite a patent. Bef- before, like the name brand company stops having the right. only rights to the drug. Right. I love that. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. That is nice. What what Walmart has done for? I mean, it, I, sometimes I think we fail to appreciate some of the wonders of of capitalism. I mean, the way it just breaks down doors break there's a famous saying and i i forget the person who said it but basically it holds that that markets are dynamic and regulations are are static which is to say if if there's somebody who wants a thing and there's somebody that has the thing that the person wants they're going to find a way to get together generally no matter what sort of laws that we set i i think sometimes we need to approach policy making realizing that i mean it's it's sort of an inevitability right? People are ultimately going to access the products that they want. So the question for us is, what do we benefit by making those products illegal? Some obviously should always be illegal. Child pornography should always be illegal because it's horrible stuff, exploitive stuff. It should always be illegal. But pot, why not just legalize it? Dorito sales will go through the roof. And tax the hell out of Dorito sales. Budget problem solved. (laughs) There's nothing pot can't do. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. 701-293-9000, Hey, we're going to talk about economic development incentives. Josh Flores from the Americans for Prosperity is going to be on. He was at the meeting of the uh, Fargo City Commission last night. He'll give us the scoop on what went on. Uh, it kind of sounds like not much went on at all. That coming up straight ahead on The Rob Report. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, Before we get to our guest, Jason Flores, I want to wrap up our conversation about medical marijuana. Marion emails, Rob, it's interesting when the medical marijuana 
when medical marijuana fails, how the people who want it start talking almost immediately about recreational use. Which is it? Do they want medical marijuana or recreational use? Or is it get it any way we can? You know, there are there are people who legitimately want it for medical reasons. I don't think there's any question about that. I, I have always been a little dubious as to the efficacy of it, but who am I to argue? If people say it makes them feel better, uh, who am I to tell them it doesn't? Um, so that is what it is. I think there are definitely people who see, you know, Natil, I, I, think, I think most medical marijuana proponents would, would agree that their coalition consists of some people who see it as a stepping stone towards recreational use. I know I know, maybe they don't want to admit it for political reasons, but that faction is definitely within the coalition. I don't think there's any question. Oh, I'm sure. But, you know, personally, I could honestly care less if it was legalized recreationally or not. I have no interest yeah. in it recreationally. I, I don't smoke, period. I don't smoke cigars. I don't smoke pipes. I don't smoke cigarettes. I have no desire to smoke anything. I'm not interested in using it, but it just just as a matter of public policy, I don't think we're accomplishing anything by continuing a prohibition. I, I necessarily I, I just, don't think we're accomplishing anything, but I don't have an agenda to legalize it yep. recreationally. All right. Let's see. Uh, do we still do we have a caller on the line, too? Yes, we do. Tom has we been holding. Tom. All right. Let's get to so we have another Tom. Tom, what's up? Well, uh, hey there, Rob. I'm here. Yeah. Um, as far as the. Uh, the uh, medical marijuana. I don't think of it like a song from the monkeys. I'm not your stepping stone. You know, I don't know if you remember that song from back yeah. in the day. I, uh, but, uh, well, I don't. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's kind of a funny way to look at it, I guess. But no, I, I, I look at it as it, we've got this, uh, this uh, bill here or uh, that's been passed and, it will. It'll uh, probably affect a very small amount of people in uh, in the state. I'm not sure the amount of people. Probably a thousand people, and then they got to pay fifteen dollars to get a license to actually get it. They have to apply for it and be a, be approved. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of that's under change. So you have the ballot measure version of it, and then you have the legislature's version of it. They're looking at increasing some of those fees. But, I mean, it's it's very much a fluid situation. It is not law yet. The voters did pass a ballot measure, but the legislature, I think, is inevitably going to make some changes. So I think we're all kind of waiting to see what what emerges from that that amendment process. But, you know, as of right now, North Dakotans are going to get some level of access to medical marijuana. The question is what that level is going to be. Uh, I know you are a big fan of capitalism. I so am. I have kind of a side question for you. All right, real and quick. As far as capitalism going. Sure. Um, okay, as far as capitalism going, and robots are starting to take over jobs in the country. Yeah. And I want you to think about this. Maybe you can give an answer later. But uh, as robots are taking over jobs in this country, people are going to be losing their incomes. What are we going to do to replace the people's incomes where the money keeps on just going to the people that own the robots? Yeah, question. well, well, thanks for the question, Tom. You know, I, I think what you've got to think of it as is what happened to all the people who made buggy whips back when they uh, when we invented the automobile, right? I mean, what about all the people who sold horses for a living back when we didn't need horses anymore to pull us around in wagons or to ride around on? I mean, it's... The idea, I, I know a lot of people are scared about this, about, you know, our economy being taken over by, by you know, self-service checkout kiosks and stuff like that. 
but we've dealt with this before. This is not a new phenomenon. And what happens is, is our economy shifts. It changes. We're going to be doing different things. Look at what happened with agriculture when all of a sudden it doesn't take, you know, two dozen people to harvest, you know, to, 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 to farm, you know, 10,000 acres. I'm probably getting that all wrong on the labor ratios. But, you know, agriculture is far less labor intensive than it used to be. And what happened? All those people who were working in agriculture moved on to other sectors of the economy. We're inventing new types of jobs, coding jobs, you know, jobs uh, on the Internet. These sorts of jobs didn't exist 20, 30 years ago, but they exist today. So what's going to happen is the economy is going to shift. Now, unfortunately, in that transition, you're going to catch people whose skills are relatable to the old economy, but not necessarily the new economy. And maybe they're at an age or they're in an economic situation where they can't adapt. They're going to get hurt. And that's unfortunate. And that's probably a policy area we could talk about. But I don't think we should be in the in the habit of stopping the forward progress of, of economic uh, development, if, if you will, uh, you know, to, to try to preserve jobs that are becoming anachronistic. Any more than, than, you know, we should still be farming with horses because that employed more people than farming with a John Deere tractor. It just doesn't make sense. 701-293-9000, Let's get to my guest now, Jason Flores. Jason, what's up? Hey, Rob, how are you doing today? You like how I segued into economic development there? That was pretty good. That, that, was, that was a perfect set. You are an experienced radio personality. Yeah, that's why I get the big bucks. So economic development, that was going on down at the city commission. They're reviewing because they've been using some of these policies more. They've been giving out more of these tax breaks than they have in the past. That prompted them to review and make some changes. But when I'm reading in this Fargo Forum article by Tuin Tran, uh, it sounded to me like they made a lot of changes. What happened? Well, they didn't make a whole lot of changes. You know, they, they went back and they did a review of all the policies because they've had a couple big deals downtown that were kind of just outside what their policies were before. So they wanted to go back and review, make sure they were being consistent. That's a good thing. The problem is sure. that when they went through and did this review, they, they really just rubber-stamped current policy. And this current revision is really only going to perpetuate the problem and put city taxpayers on the hook for millions of dollars more in economic handouts that – literally 99% of businesses in the city never receive. What? Let me read you something from, from Commissioner Dave Pepcorn. This is something, and I'm reading from Two Wins uh, Trans article in the forum. He says, I quote, we're in competition all day, every day. So if we weren't doing this, and the this he's talking about are the economic development incentives, if we're not doing this, if we decide to stop doing this, it would have catastrophic economic impact on our city. Uh, if you think a lot of businesses come here just because we're nice, that's not how it is. That's naive. So basically, he's saying your argument, which is that we shouldn't be doing this stuff. This is bad policy. He says that's naive. We got to do it because everybody else is doing it. I don't necessarily agree with that argument, but I think that's something that resonates probably with a lot of people. What's your response? So, you know, this is an issue that we're facing uh, around the country. I mean, states, cities, counties, you name it. They've been using things like this uh, to try to lure in new business. Lots of times it's luring business from one area to another. And oftentimes, that business has already made a strategic decision based on their business model to make an investment. They show up and they say, hey, look, we can go and get this from the city. So it's really just been an arms race that Fargo and North Dakota are contributing to. It's an arms race to see who can sweeten the pot the most. Now, the problem with that is that you're not, you're not targeting that use of taxpayer dollars anymore. It's not for a one particular use. They're just 
giving it away. In fact, last night they expanded some of these programs, not just from downtown, but to the rest of the city. And, and so if it's not targeted, it's not really an incentive. It just becomes a handout uh, to businesses. Now, the other thing that they did last night, uh, one of the commissioners brought up, hey, should we be asking these um, businesses that are coming and asking for these economic development programs, are you going to choose to locate here already? Are you going to do this anyway, despite what the city does? And lots of them, especially some of the big ones recently, FedEx comes to mind, they've said, we've already made a decision, we're just going to try to take advantage of, of the law in this case. And last night, Commissioner Garrett tried to propose, at least if we're going to give out these economic development incentives, let's ask them if they need it. Are you going to do this anyway? Kind of a but-for test. And, and that failed. Commissioner said, no, we don't even want to ask that question as part of this process, as part of this whole scoring, convoluted scoring mechanism that they have. We don't even want to know if they actually need it. So when Commissioner Pepcorn says that, you know, we have to compete, there's possibly some rationale there that we want Fargo to have a competitive climate, right? I, I think, but I, I think these businesses I, are going to yeah. do it anyway, and we're just going to plug our ears and not even hear, we're just going to waste taxpayer dollars. I think that's a very interesting part of this debate because the larger debate about economic development incentives and, and people like you and I take a very philosophical look at this saying the free market should be free and businesses should survive or die on, on their own merits and it shouldn't be up to you know local governments picking and, and, and choosing winners and losers. And then you have Commissioner Pepcorn saying, listen, everybody's doing this. It's an arms race. If Fargo doesn't do this, all the businesses are going to choose other communities and not our community. And I but think that resonates with Fargo. Well, I mean, look me, around me, town, sure. look around West Fargo, really the entire area. You have all sorts of organic growth happening across the region. And that's right. because of good workforce. It's because of a good tax climate. It's because there's so, a lot of stuff going sure. on in North Dakota and in the upper Midwest right now. That is and a I, good thing. I, yet, I agree with you. We're trying I agree to come with into you, but this I and think... take winners and losers and take tax dollars away, again, from 99% of businesses for a long period of time that is going directly, in some cases, to competitors. I think the area where people are going to have a problem with this, because I think, I, think, I think most people like the idea of it's a business that's just starting out or they need a little boost to get over the hump and then they can start. The problem is when you have a giant company like FedEx, which is obviously <laughs> – a well-established multinational business the idea is why why do we need to help them out right i mean they're they're probably right. going to build this anyway in fact they said on the record they were going to build this anyway so now it just seems like we're going to do this anyway so we're just going to collect it, it it stops being an incentive right because an incentive is intended to induce somebody to do something it stops being an incentive and starts being a handout and i think that's an area of this policy, uh, because I'm, I'm not sure how conservatives win that larger debate, because I, I almost it almost feel like that debate's lost. But this idea of giving out money to companies that don't already need it, I, I think that's the controversial part. Now, tell us more about what Commissioner Garrig wanted. He wanted what's being called a but-for test. He wanted that in the policy. How would that have worked? Yeah, you wanted that in the in the policy so that, you know, some of the questions that were asked of FedEx, in fact, it was Commissioner Gary that asked it, you know, why are you going to do this anyway? That that should be part of the record. That should be part of what the city considers, along with all of the dollar amounts invested and the jobs created and the salary and the length of time, all these criteria that are good things to look at. 
But he, he said, look, lots of that doesn't matter. If you're going to do this anyway, if you have the capacity to, to do this, this is the decision you're making, and you're just coming here because this is our policy, because you know you can get free money from the city. And, and free money oftentimes, not just for five or ten years, but you have some of these projects that are getting tax breaks for 15, 20, even longer because of the way that they stack these policies. So at the very least, at the front end, Commissioner Garrig was saying, we need to ask, are you going to do this project anyway? And that should certainly influence either both the decision and, and maybe the size and the scope of whatever deal or incentive they're going to offer. To me, I, I don't understand why that is even controversial. I, I think most people, if you ask them, I, I, I think the I think the the impression that most people have of these economic development programs is that they're necessary, that they are intended to induce economic activity that wouldn't happen anyway. But if we're using them for economic activity that is going to happen, well, then now I'm not even sure what the policies what the policies accomplishing. That's right, so, and this isn't an in unsubstantial amount of money. I mean, Fargo has committed $55 million or more uh, to programs like this, and 43% of that they've, they've put in place in the last five years. All in all, if you're just a regular taxpayer in the city of Fargo, this is about 7% of your total property tax bill is going just to these incentives. So for all the fights that we've had in North Dakota recently with uh, legislators in Bismarck sending down, uh, trying to buy down property taxes, the city could very easily start putting real relief in the hands of taxpayers just by limiting their own actions in economic development and limiting how much money and for how long they're giving it away to companies that they went on record last night saying, we don't even want to ask them if we need it. We got another caller. Uh, we got another Tom. Tom, what's up? Yeah, the question I guess I have is, is where do we want to set our, uh, where we want to go with this? Is it multinational corporations that don't represent us? They don't put anything back into our economy. And if we do that by giving them tax breaks, and then where are the, the local businesses? They're just going to end up dying. That's not something that I'm a fan of. And uh, well, I'm wondering where are we going to start? and stop doing these things and we're going to start giving these things to the to the local guys let them have a chance to grow a well, business I, well, and not just keep handing it over to let Walmart me, let me, let me break like in that. here because because we're, we're running out of time but i i mean listen with with fedex i i don't think anybody i mean i don't know what sort of a local business is going to do what fedex does on a national scale right i mean that's just not a comparison i, I again i think the question is we can have a philosophical argument about these incentives in general, but specific to Fargo, why are we giving them? I, I think that's the question voters, I think everybody needs to keep asking is, why are we not, I, I, I mean, maybe is, is means testing the right word for this? I mean, why, why are we not asking that question, do you need this? Is this really necessary to induce this economic activity to happen? To me, that should be the primary question. That should be the first question. And I think I think maybe that's that's what the you know at least a majority of the Fargo City Commission is not understanding. That's the question the most should be the most important question before we expend any taxpayer dollars. I absolutely right. agree. I mean, again, this is a program that only impacts some businesses. Some of them are local. Some of them are going to be locally owned projects that are seeking develop. Some of them are going to be big multinational corporations. The whole problem here is that the city council or the city commission is putting themselves in a position to pick winners and losers, and they're they're codifying it to a point where it it looks up and up in terms of this great policy they have. It's a long, detailed document, uh, very convoluted. And there's a scoring system in there, and there's rationale and criteria. But at the end of the day, 
the city commission is going to give tax breaks to some companies and not others, rather than providing for core services. When we already talked about the amount of a person's property tax bill that these incentives go to, that's because when a new project comes in, even if we exempt them from property taxes, they're still adding to the need for increased services from the city. So city bills are going to go up, and the number of taxpayers is going down at least for 5, 10, 25 years. Right, And that bill has to be paid, so it's going to add to that pressure on every other taxpayer. Much better to have a, uh, a consistent, a flat, a um, fair property tax system across the city, across businesses, so that everybody is on a level playing field. I agree. Uh, Jason, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. Talk to you soon. Jason Flores will wrap up the show right after this. 701-293-9000, Oak away. Welcome back, Rob Report. Not much time left. Hey, uh, ongoing efforts to clean up the Dakota Access Pipeline protest camps. It is it is getting so ugly out there. You have some of these groups that are still trying to get people to come there. There was a video I posted it on the blog. I think it came from. Uh, bismarck tv station uh, one of the reporters out there posted on facebook it's it's gross i mean there, there's already flooding problems down there uh there was a report that went up this morning uh that had you know talking about hundreds of cars just just automobiles left there just abandoned um all of those donations that they were collecting on the internet the jackets the sleeping bags the the boots the clothes just laying in piles out there in the mud um, and that's despite weeks of cleanup. I mean, even even though they've supposedly been cleaning up for a while now, it is it is an absolute mess out there. Uh, you know, if there were any justice in the world, it would be national headlines. It would be national headlines. It would get as much coverage as all the celebrities, the Hollywood people, the professional organizers, everybody else who came to North Dakota and drew all that there. Uh, this should be getting as much attention to that because it's disgusting. They left it behind. The Standing Rock Sioux Tribe's trying to clean it up. Eventually, I, I think state officials are going to have to come in there and clean it up. It's a mess. It's a joke. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Remember, you can catch it here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday right here on WDAY. And, of course, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. In a place that I've never been A place that I thought that I would never be There's people looking back at me I keep having this dream I'm at a party There's people throwing drinks and screaming Telling me that I don't belong 